Welcome to the podcast. I had Hamant and Sai on for this one, two people who I can always rely on to disagree with me. And as expected, there was disagreement. And as disagreement always does, it leads to what I think was a valuable conversation. We talk about nationalism and globalism. We talk about misinformation, social media, and much more. I bring you episode four of the podcast. Thank you for being on the podcast, guys, and welcome. Thank you. Hi, BC. Okay, so I've had this conversation with these guys before, and I I think there's an interesting conversation to be had. That's why I wanted to make it as a podcast. Uh, the topic for today really is on the concept of nationalism, and if if a person as a citizen has an inherent duty towards his country. Uh, and if this trumps his personal interests, and if it doesn't, uh, to what interest, uh, to what level is he expected to uh, contribute to his country? Uh, before I get started with my opinion, I, I really want to uh, uh, get the views of the others in, so I can kind of uh, see if I disagree or agree with uh, what you guys are saying. So, um, which of you guys want to go first? I'm going to hold off until somebody makes a statement. Okay, okay. so it's uh, it's on you, Heyman. Yeah. So I personally feel like uh just taking a field of sports which I can relate to mm-hmm. a lot more. So you you have seen instances where people have dual nationalities and they mm-hmm. they choose one country over another country. Mm-hmm. Uh in those cases I like players who choose their home country even though like mm-hmm. the the second country might have offered them a lot more in terms of exposure practice money everything mm. but i still like players when they choose their home country uh mm. it's my personal opinion but it might vary like so a practical person would say he should have gone with the country that has helped him the most to grow so mm. irrespective of that i feel that a person should go to his home country there's no mistake like nobody can question him uh in that aspect and secondly i feel it's a very very personal opinion like uh you cannot question if a person chooses globalism or nationalism yeah it's mm. up to the person if he feels he can make a global impact with whatever he is doing he can definitely go for the globalism and in the same case if he wants to be very particular to a particular national he just wants to give it back to them give it back to the nation even there we cannot question him uh, on the whole i would like to say like personal choice would be for me always go for nationalism because you can relate to the problem lot more you can understand the situation lot more you know the local politics so it will be lot more easier but when you are trying to apply it for like global scale the challenges are going to be lot more so we have to be personally ready to face that this is my opinion Okay, Sai, do you want to go first before I comment on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, like Heman said, um, establishing it from a very uh, basic perspective, um, that is okay. But my perspective is a little more intermediate. I I think um, 
first is uh, when people uh, choose uh, nationalism or um, I'd, I'd like to put it in this way, if they want to be a citizen of the nation first or if they want to be a citizen of the world, I'd uh, prefer them to be a citizen of their nation except that if they're choosing something really diabolic and something that causes um uh, uh, you know um i'm starting i'm starting so much but um unless they're choosing something that is not good for a lot of people and that's causing um uh, destruction of lives and something that's not good on a global scale I think that being the citizen of your nation first is always what I'd pick. It's not even personal. It's, it just makes more sense to me. Um, if you are doing bad to uh, your uh, to the world, it, it obviously is going to end up biting you in the ass uh, because it's not going to prove uh, any more successful to your own nation in the end. So uh, I'd like to quote a few um, names like Bin Laden and Saddam Hussein and who always portrayed that they're fighting for their country and stuff like that, which was really not true. And they were just people who were uh, trying to establish their own personal um, profits or their own personal ideas. They were imposing it on people and people just ended up acting in a way that they did not want or were just brainwashed. But in the end they impacted on a global scale and nobody really uh, as as a uh, human race it was not a good thing at all for any of us even for his own people in fact so yeah uh, something um, like yeah so um, i'd like to uh, be a little uh, different my perspective uh, from whatever he said it's not even personal it just makes sense is what i think hmm Okay, so there's already a lot of things to dissect here. So I think I'm pretty much in agreement with uh, what Heyman said. I do think that in the end of the day, it should come down to a personal choice. Um, and it, in his argument about uh, a sports person choosing between two countries, uh, even that, yeah, he made it quite obvious that for him, he feels that... Um, the home country has a certain advantage, like uh, you know the people better, you know the culture better than your adopted country. So uh, he feels that that's a certain advantage, but every person might feel different and they should still have the choi- choice to choose. And I think I'm I'm in complete agreement with that. Uh, and with, with the things that Sai said, I. I'm not sure I completely wrap my head around it. So in any sense of the word, so if if a country went to war against a different country uh, uh, and the leader of the country incited that that war, doesn't that actually stem from nationalism? So you, um, the examples that you stated, like they, despite what you, despite you dissecting it as, personal interests according to them they were doing good for their country so i would kind of classify that as uh, rabid nationalism uh similar to uh, most authoritarian countries in the world like uh, every leader of an authoritarian country thinks that they're doing it for the country so there's something 
inherent to nationalism that uh, that creates this impression that uh, my nation first, which I do have a problem with. So, um, and in the interest of the argument, I'm, I'm, I, I do also want to kind of uh, sway this to a personal uh, perspective in, in the sense of an average person uh, uh, like us and what our duties are and what you think we should do as citizens of a country. Um, uh, and if you guys can comment on that, uh, I think Sai, uh, there was a little criticism on what you said. So uh, I think you should respond to that. Uh, I mean, um, well, what, what I was trying to say earlier was that as long as you don't do harm uh, to the human race and actually if you're, if you're not trying to be a person first, a, a human being first, like that's our foremost responsibility. So when uh, it comes to decisions uh, like that, like I'm pretty sure Hitler thought whatever he did with the Jews was completely justified. But exactly, again, yeah. it, 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 it's very ironic and it's, um, I mean, it's common sense really that if you want to kill a person for uh, your country, unless it's defensive, I mean, doesn't it speak for itself? It, it it's not really being human in the first place. So uh, whenever there is this uh, huge revolt with, uh, from, from uh, the so-called terrorists, according to us, and so-called revolutionary, according to their own people, uh, what we have to uh, see is that, is it uh, an act of defense? Uh, are they oppressed? You know, uh, we see Iran as um, Iran, Iraq, and you know, uh, those kind of countries as uh, a threat and terrorist nations. But then sometimes if you really, you know, kind of, uh, if you look the other part of it, I feel that they're just uh, saving themselves from America, uh, portraying it as they are, you know, where, where America always says that they're trying to protect them, but then we, it's uh, it's an open secret that they're just exploiting uh, those nations. Mm. Really. So what I'm trying to say is, um, first, we need to realize that we have uh, responsibilities and these decisions to choose and act upon as humans. And then comes nation and then comes, uh, you know, being a citizen of the globe. Uh, so kind of the first mm. and the third um, responsibility is, is almost the same as what I'm trying to say. And uh, about uh, people identifying their culture and being more um, acquainted to it, and that's why them having to pick it, I think that's just a part of it. Like, uh, all of us here are entitled with certain kind of responsibilities, and I am sorry that you guys are going to get really ticked off with this, but at the end of the day, sports is just entertainment, and none of us are really, uh, you know, saving any lives or... Nothing is coming off of it. It's just a good use or waste of three hours or however long you guys play that for. So um, what I'm trying to say is pay your taxes right, be loyal to your country, go back to your country, develop it, and take the ideas back, be very educated in, in a way that you can always give back and stuff like that. That is that is the topic I'd, I'd want to get to in this podcast. That's yeah. what I'm kind of mm. uh, waiting to get to. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to get to that too. Um, yeah, Heyman, go ahead. Yes. So I, I I would agree with Sai what she ended. Like, 
giving giving it back it's very necessary um mm. irrespective like it depends how you want to give it back in terms of money in terms of investment in terms of jobs in terms of knowledge transfer it depends on whatever way you want to give it back but you can give it back so personally if you ask i would like to i would like to see lot more people transferring knowledge from what they gain experiences outside their country and going back there investing over the creating jobs over the helping people improve but it, it may not apply to everyone personal aims and beliefs so they might invest over there by by uh sending an enough amount of money or doing any monetary transfers is also going to be like giving it back so it depends but personally i would prefer lot more people go back home share their knowledge invest the create jobs and help the country back to improve okay i'm i'm glad we got here uh wanna initially say how how wrong sai was about sports i want to point that out <laughs> i don't want to let that go and then yeah let's uh, actually jump right into this so i think both of you are in agreement that uh, it would be so I, 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 from him and i felt like it would be better if uh, people went back if they le- if they leave the country at some point if they go back to their own nation i feel sai is uh, a little more aggressive than that she almost thinks it's a duty for uh, a person to contribute back to the nation uh she i think you called it a responsibility so uh, in any sense of the word both of you seem to imply that uh we it is better for 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 a person from a certain country to do something or uh, to return a favor to uh, to their own country and ma- my main problem with this is we as humans it's it's out of pure luck that we ended up being born in a certain country and i totally understand that uh, the nation that we were born in was uh, did take care of us and gave us a lot uh, for for our development and for education and what not but i'm pretty sure if you were born in any other country in the world uh, that that country would have done the same so my real problem is that the, the the concept of nationalism is a purely abstract one so there's no physical nations in the world it's all a, a construct that we've created uh for for, for large scale cooperation basically so um and why we need to have uh, a sense of debt towards this imaginary construct and not the entire planet uh is is really the the, the difference in opinion between the three of us i think and uh, do you guys have a strong argument as to why i am indebted to my country of birth and not any other country on the planet uh i don't actually have a strong argument but i can suggest my view like uh uh both nationalism or globalism is a concept mm-hmm. it's not an actual uh existence it's a, it, both are just concepts uh i feel it's more logical and easier to go back to your roots and establish whatever you want than other way than like 
uh, establish your thoughts in a different setup is going to be a completely new task mm. so it's going to be a lot more logical and easier for for you to establish your your thoughts back home and secondly uh, why i feel it's a personal responsibility is also like why i like such personalities who invest uh, or at least try to go back home is like uh, the whole journey that you learn the those are the important aspects that make you as a person as a whole in your life so your your upbringing the place where you're being brought up plays a very key role in whatever character you develop into whatever position you come into so it's always nice like i personally feel it's always nice to uh you uh, i i feel we owe something to that so that's why i will recommend definitely if if a person asks me a suggestion should i go back home or do something or should i stay outside and do something if if it's like uh, opinion on me i will just say go back home and try over there mm. uh what about you sai uh i feel that um hemant is really trying to soften the blow here i'd like to be stronger than that when everybody is looking out for their own nation why shouldn't we do the same thing mm. because these artificial boundaries that you Uh, said exist or these man made things that exist they are so real and they exist even in a point of uh, crisis which is not under control which is very well not under control and which is not uh, reacting or um, escalating as forecasted and is uh, yeah it's it's beyond control people are looking out for their own people and i mean by their own people i mean for their own country people mm. So I feel like isn't it dumb that you just stand back and then just say okay I might as well uh stay here and then wait for it to um just burn out I don't know I don't understand Okay this. so uh first of all yes I agree in in a world with uh, all the powerful nations if, if if they decide to be extremely nationalist nations then there's no use uh being a globalist nation so like you said if every nation decides their nation first then it would absolutely be dumb for india to uh, or any other nation for that fact to to do anything else and uh, you can see exactly that happened with the uh, the united kingdom when they decided to leave the european union so i definitely agree with you that the current uh, world scenario does tend to be more nationalistic like we have been at least for the last two decades uh going towards a more nationalistic society and i think that's uh, that's the wrong direction for us to move in as a species really so uh, a good history on globalism would be the post cold war era right so when the cold war era uh ended is when you had the a strong surge in globalism basically the european union was one of the strongest organizations i mean uh, the strongest unions in the world and it still is it has so many economic uh benefits so when you have so many nations like that in um uh, what what you would call it uh, supporting each other economically and you have people who can travel between them with no restriction who can work in any country if they have if they're part of the european union what that did for 
Europe post-World War is unprecedented and there's no way to deny that. And even if you wanted like a uh, more real-world example, if the European Union today is was still as powerful as it was before, countries like Italy that was struck in really bad by the pandemic, they could have shut, shut down way more earlier without uh, fearing economic uh, uh, disaster because they know that the European Union is going to support them. The other countries around them are going to support them. And it in turn also helps the countries around them because if if Italy locked down and restricted all uh, travel, uh, of course, yeah, Italy is going to be affected, but they know that economically the other countries are going to support them. And in turn, the other countries don't get millions of patients with uh, the coronavirus. So um, I do agree that the current scenario is more nationalistic and it it actually worries me. I think we need to go back to a, a global community because every problem that we have in today's world is better solved by global cooperation than by a nation uh, on itself. Um, and, and this pandemic is just one example. I could, I could give you more, but um, I, I really feel that most of the problems or most of the serious problems we're faced with today are not confined by these imaginary borders and we should stop pretending that uh, they are. Uh, I feel what you're talking about is like an ideal world where everybody share everything and everybody is treating everybody equally but that's not the practical situation right now so uh, everybody is concerned about themselves their own country so once like if if you can imagine a country like uh, us limiting immigrants currently so they are like the most developed most powerful country so you can there's no wrong for other developing or developed countries to take a step back and think of themselves first and then go and help others but you know practice even after this uh, i don't feel we are going to get a practical situation where everybody shares everything are ready to share everything uh, in this highly competitive situation right now we have mm. uh, basically i'm telling like it's practically not possible like my fear about that is we might we might be forced to uh, go go in that direction because for me uh, uh, you you guys can disagree on this but uh for me the biggest problems that we're faced with right now will would be uh, uh climate change um artificial intelligence and automation um and uh, global pandemic and none of these can can be dealt with effectively like we've seen on a national level right so even for this global pandemic so uh we had like uh, scholars like Yuval Noah Harari talk about this so he he thinks that if the united states um had people in china before on on ground zero when this when this virus broke and they had a free transfer of information uh and we had global cooperation in the sense that China said, we're going to shut down all borders. We're not going to open up uh, uh, till uh, other countries are safe. Uh, we would have had a much better outcome. But I totally agree that we don't live in that world right now. But I fear that the, 
the types of problems that we have that we're faced with, especially this pandemic, we might have to change the way we think. The, the bigger countries might be forced to think in a different way because uh, clearly a, a national approach to global problems doesn't work. And uh, that's really where my concern is. Uh, Sai, uh, do you have any in- input on this? Yeah, actually, one might think that and one might uh, think that that's the most obvious solution or that would be the most obvious response uh, to uh, to something that's so... Uh, that's not under control but all of us know what uh, reality is and how things are panning out right in front of our eyes about some threatening india about retaliation about the uh, about the drug and well what i'm trying to point out is that oh, it's uh, an idea rishi and an idea that can go a long way if it actually turns into reality which sadly is never going to become that. And we are um, a firsthand uh, witness to this. Mm. Okay. So I feel like this might be worth mentioning. Uh, I think we might have a bias uh, based on uh, the two decades that we've lived in uh, as people born in the 90s. So I feel uh, when you guys say that uh, this is not a real world uh, this is never going to happen in the real world. Like, I feel like we have just lived in a period where we've never seen it happen. And that might be the problem. So we missed that uh, the, the world where the European Union was uh, thriving and uh, trade trade was open uh, throughout the world and the world as a whole was flourishing. And uh, Europe decided to open up to immigrants and... Uh, and I think we're kind of seeing the backlash from that. Uh, we have the immigration crisis in all the developed countries because this is the post-globalization world, I guess. Like they let too many people in and they kind of freaked out. And then all the nationalists came out of hiding because there were so many people of uh, from different countries in their own country. And there's this... Uh, a sudden surge back in populism, basically, of nationalism. So I think we might have a bias uh, because we never lived in a world where we saw globalism being successful. But uh, that has that in history that 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 was the case for a, a strong two to two to three decades. And to say that that world can never come back, I think, is just, uh, is a little short sighted. So. Uh, that's my first argument. Uh, when you guys say uh, we can never have this world back, it, it's never practical. I, I, I think it's going to be pretty hard going from the, the current state of things to that world again. But I really hope that uh, we can do that. And I'm surprised that you guys want to be dismissive, that nothing can be changed. Like I, I believe that the only way for this to change is by electing people who are more liberal, right? Like uh, people who are more uh, in tune. Yeah, with, yeah, like who want to have global co- cooperation. So if you're going to say that uh, I don't see this happening, so I'm not, I'm going to say this is impossible and uh, we're just going to let the the nationalist uh, leaders get reelected because we care only about our country. I feel like that's uh, 
that short sighted if 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 you feel globalism as a concept is uh, is sound you have to do everything in your power as citizens of the country especially during elections to vote for the right person so um i feel like saying that this is not realistic and hence we should not we should give up on this is is an excuse and i think we should uh, start off by uh talking about the benefits of global cooperation rather than thinking if one country wants to be with itself we we have to do the same um yeah uh, that's basically my stand here i have a question actually yes i have a question and i'm kind of in support of whatever uh, trump is doing here um so uh how do the majority of the people who are not really educated and then who are not really under the skilled employment actually find a job because i mean um uh, us being oppressed immigrants being oppressed or not being uh, given enough enough uh, scope or wise be that as it may but had i not been in the uh, job uh, i am in probably a person who does not hold a masters and who holds um uh a diploma might have done the job i'm doing so well what i'm trying to say is what he is trying to do employ his nations people first and then accommodate more jobs for not accommodate just fill up the rest overs for the immigrants is not wrong and uh, my question is that why would anybody let the uh, let their own people be hungry and on streets and be on unemployment pay um uh be that the, the, the way they are and just help the immigrants flourish where at the end of the day they're going to just uh, fill their own pockets they're going to send money back home that's that's an inevitable it's it's going to happen at any cost right oh yeah i totally agree with you on this so again this this goes back to my initial point in in a world where uh powerful countries are nationalist there's no way for uh, globalism to thrive um and i think what he's doing is completely right and completely justified uh if you so again the real the only real analogy i can i i can draw here is to the european union where people going and working in a different country in turn does uh benefit the home country right so if you're part of the european union and it doesn't matter where you go and make your living because you're still contributing to the euro uh and you're increasing the entire european economy uh, i'm sorry the european union's economy no matter what country you work in and in in a nationalistic world that's just not the case so employing uh citizens from a, i mean employing citizens from a different country for the united states is just uh uh a bad deal for for them basically because uh, uh they're not protecting their own citizens but uh like i said in in a world which embraces globalism this would result in uh, like immigration should effectively be a positive trade for both the country that the immigrate the immigrant went to and the country that they left from uh which which is the case with the european union so clearly we're not living in that world which i want to live in but uh i i completely agree with you that uh uh what 
the America looking out for its own people is the right thing to do. It's uh, it's in a nationalist world, you have to take care of your own citizens before anything else. And that's, again, one of uh, one of the disadvantages of nationalism, I think. I'm sorry, I should have been, I should probably have been more clear. I was talking about the 80% of the people who cannot really afford to migrate and who cannot afford to move to another continent, move their base entirely, and are not that skilled to really, um, you know, make a living out of them. They're, they're uh, less, educa- the less education they've had um, elsewhere. So the probable best shot they have is in their own country no i don't i think i still um, don't get you so this who are these people are these american citizens any pick any nation you want okay people who are not as qualified as uh immigrants no i mean pick the people let's say native indians Let's go back to the roots. Let's say Native Indians who have a percentage of preservation and say they are not, they're just diploma holders. So they do not have enough money and they cannot move their base. Um, and their country obviously promotes uh, globalism and, you know, they encourage immigrants. So aren't you still taking that person's job at the end of the day? Like the, the first uh, example that I gave you, uh, probably if I wasn't here, uh, person who is less qualified just with a diploma could have just uh, taken my position not done as good as whatever we do but then you know they still have that person employed and he's not doing a janitorial job so okay so you're saying you you kind of fear that it may become a one-way street but yeah you're just thinking about the people who are really skilled and who are highly educated the top 20% if you push it. Well, uh, what about the rest of the... Um, again, I have to go back to the only example I have really for uh, successful globalism here. And look at countries like... Uh, so if you look at a country like Germany and uh, a, a, a more tourist-oriented country like uh Switzerland, for example, I don't know if Switzerland is part of the European Union, but I'm just going to take two European countries. So if you imagine uh, skilled labor migrating towards Germany in search of all the uh, the development in automobile uh, in the automobile sector and whatnot, you also ex- uh, expect an opposite movement of low skilled workers moving towards Switzerland for positions in, let's say, tourism uh, and whatnot, uh, like th- there's definitely going to be jobs created elsewhere in a global community. So, what I'm trying to say is, um, your example with the native Indians, right? So, if they are restricted to the certain jobs that was only available in the United States, if you live in a global community, they are free to all the jobs available on any country in the planet. So there's just no excuse there to not thrive. Uh, and there's just, there's just a bigger pie, basically. There's more opportunities and uh, people... No, what you're, no, Rishi, what you're trying to um, neglect or um, just look away from is the financial um, capability they have. And because, I mean... Isn't it? I mean, they're kind of interlinked. If you're less educated, you are most probably not that well-to-do. Uh, probably that's why you're in that place 
in the first place. Okay, so, so where does the economic uh, downside come in here? I I don't see you, it. They're just going to go to a different have... get a new job, right? Yeah. It's it's not that simple, you know. If you are moving to another country, you are expected, I mean, if you take your European Union or uh, yeah, let's just go with that example. Mm-hmm. Even if you are moving to that kind of liberal nation as well, you are expected to have some kind of saving or you're supposed to have a certain amount of education. You cannot go with a high school certificate, you know. So, yeah. Um No, why would so, you go to a different country with the same requirements? Like that's that's my entire question. You've moved to a country which you're confident mm-hmm. will hire you. And there's just more opportunities that way. So like, I would say for the example of European Union, sorry to interrupt you, Sai. No. Like uh if you see the past decade, uh there has been a lot of issues with budget oh, yeah. allocation. Mhm. So the richer countries Well, with good economies, they are telling like we are contributing a lot more to the poor, poorer countries than them contributing to us a lot more. So there, there's like a lot of issues going on. So even there, I I see a trend of like nationalism. A yes. lot more countries, yeah, a yeah, lot more countries like looking after themselves. And if you see the globe as such is like very competitive, they have to show like they are performing. So if they want to share resources they would like to share resources at least with where they can get something else for what they share mm-hmm. but if it's going to be uneven there's going to be a lot more issues and there's going to be like a uh, lot more problems and they are ultimately going to look to care upon themselves i can only see sharing between countries which are like economically similar or which share like they give and take what they need Mm. but if if it's going to be uneven it's if it's going to be like one side one dimensional flow mm. i think it's not going to last long time there's going mm. to be issues yeah i think i completely agree there okay uh sai unless you have anything to say i think it's about time we change topics here because i feel we've been stuck here for a while yeah sure um... Okay. I mean, I still don't understand how uh, not having enough money is okay to move countries, but I think <laughs> Yeah, but moving moving countries I would say is like not as easy as Rishi makes it sound. Yeah, It's, that's uh, uh, yeah. you should have some kind of saving or something to moving, move moving countries how, are very very How different is it uh, from um, from people from North India traveling to South India for a job? Yeah, like they are not they are not living happily over here. They're not, but they're <laughs> like, like that's that's yeah. that's a totally different argument. Like, but um, it's, it's like the, it's, it's the, like the it's the similar scenario, right? Like they don't have they're not skilled enough to have any kind of jobs uh, that that they can get into in their home state. So yeah, they they're forced to yeah, move to a job to a place which will employ them. So they still yeah. end up making a living. I'm not saying they're happy, but it's better than not having anything is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not a classic example that you brought up like yeah they they move but I feel like it's not as easy like but personally if you talk to them they would have told the amount of sacrifices it requires and not all are going to be ready to make that sacrifice to make the move even within a country or between countries it's a very mm-hmm. big decision. and even if they make those sacrifices are there ever enough it, not everybody makes it they end up going back in no time they end up selling the last 
bits of farms they have. I know these kind of things. I mean, it's not as simple as just I'm going to move because I did not find a job in yeah, my region. Theoretically, it might sound region. easy, but practically movement is very, very tough and it's uh, very, very tough even to move inside a country. different regions I mean, and very uh, tough talking about internationally there's language talk. also i think uh, yeah, yeah language yeah. and Better. if yeah. you talk about uh, your folks moving from i mean within your state when i say your folks i mean your state people from rural to to uh, center of the city it's it's really difficult for them they make a lot of sacrifices though it's mm. the same language i want to say not everybody makes it they end up going back and it's not simple so mm. let alone different parts of the same country even within our states it's not as easy as just moving because i don't have enough opportunities here i think you guys have you should have me. a significant you should have a significant amount of education and a significant amount of money in your bank account and then the rest of the sacrifices follow and then if you sustain well and good otherwise you have to move back Okay, I think you guys have me uh, slightly convinced on the difficulties of moving there, but uh yeah, I still think in the grand scheme of things there's just more benefits to globalism, but again, maybe we'll touch up on this. There are. Yeah. There are, but it's just uh, not real at this point in time because probably we are those cynical generations that never got to see this happy globalism times. but it is what it is right now right yeah okay i want to take this topic on a different direction uh, it's something that i already discussed on episode 1 of the podcast with harish it's basically about misinformation and how uh, social media is contributing to the rapid spread of said misinformation um i certainly think this is one of the biggest problems that we're faced with right now Uh, especially in the age of social media where it's so easy uh, for everyone to spread spread information to a large number of people and very fast um so yeah let's get this started do you guys also share this uh, concern or uh, do you guys think it's uh, something that's overblown right now oh it's a huge concern from for me like uh, mm. the amount of misinformation that's being spread is very scary and uh, it should be there should be like something done to at least reduce the amount of misinformation that's being shared mm. okay uh, what about you sai uh, do you also think it's huge yeah it's uh, definitely something that's of a concern because with the world being so um, the world is getting closer because everybody's everywhere now uh so the only way we are um in uh constant touch with our folks back home or know uh for um uh, know what's going on around the world uh because there is a, a constant awareness that's uh, expected of us media plays a huge role and it's it's alarming to the extent that's th- things are not conveyed uh in a correct way because uh in today's time um having information is everything and then we have to make several decisions a lot of things uh are um you know are weighed on that and when it's when when the information you get is not right um 
everything is going for a toss. Mm. Okay, so again, this brings me to a topic that uh, I kind of brought up with Harish, but we we never never really got into it. So I'm I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. So most of the social media platforms right now, um, they take a privacy over security and accuracy policy in the sense um, they say you are free to post whatever you want um, on our platform and you have your privacy to decide uh, who you share it with and as long as it's not targeted harassment or like inciting violence um, we're we're gonna we're gonna be okay with it we're not gonna moderate you based on if the information is false or not. Um, uh, let's take WhatsApp, for example, right? Uh, which I feel is the biggest, at least in India, the, the easiest way to spread false information. They have this policy of uh, end-to-end encryption. So uh, they basically claim that all of their messages are end-to-end in- encrypted, meaning that nobody, even if they wanted to, will be able to view any message that's uh, sent on their on their platform um, now we can we can debate on if this is true or not but by effectively saying this what what facebook as a company have done is they've uh, they've completely foregone all, foregone all responsibility of any content that is shared on whatsapp because they can basically come out and say the content is encrypted. There's no way for us to moderate this. So whatever is shared on our platform is done by people. So we, we really have no control over this. So uh, in so basically, if you're if you're a terrorist, you could plan uh, your next attack on WhatsApp, and they would have no idea on what's going on because your messages is uh, end-to-end encrypted. Um, so here is the interesting part. Like, do you think that privacy is more important than uh, security and like preventing the spread of misinformation. Um, what do you think is the role of these social media giants in from this standpoint? Should they, should they change this policy and should they be expected to be responsible for what is shared on their platform? So uh, I would like to go first on this. Mm-hmm. I personally think privacy is very important. Privacy should not be interrupted. Like reading mm-hmm. our messages, reading what we share, is mm-hmm. I, I feel is uh, ethically bad and it can be reverted upon us uh, from without even knowing. Uh, like we, can, we will not even realize like it's being used upon us. So privacy is mm-hmm. very important. But at the same time, the person who is sharing information has to be a lot more self-assessing he has to ask himself a lot of questions whether what he is sharing is true or mm-hmm. what's the intent in which he is sharing. Is it like for fun or is it like knowledge sharing? So he has to be self-critical. And mm-hmm. if a celebrity, like for example, I can feel like uh, these social platforms, they can really target the celebrities who have a larger outreach and they are mostly global. So they, they don't... Uh, they are not private they are public so they share their information uh, to a lot more audience so they can be 
the social platforms can be critical of the accuracy of the data they are trying to share or the views they are trying to share and in in you can see the general example like uh, it was a very big issue or very big news in india uh, superstars tweet got cancelled immediately by twitter citing its false information so what what did he post uh it was on corona when he was trying to uh share uh, the his views he he stated some information without facts so twitter found what it misleading and twitter okay. found it mis- misleading and they removed the tweet mm. so in serious mm. issues like that social platforms can interfere on at least celebrities so that they can avoid mm. their uh maximum outreach but on a personal level i feel it's lot more personal the information we share even on a personal level we can affect uh 10 to 20 people easily with what we share mm. so we have to be very careful with what we share and we have to be lot more self critical with the information we share because it can be easily misleading and you can see like uh if you see the trend of misinformation that's being shared it's either uh religious where it's very easy to atta- uh get uh emotionally attached to a person with sending out a religious content so they try to play on that or they try to make you scared by telling economy is going to die the world is going to end like they try to inflict a fear upon you or it's going to be like something where uh uh based on the current trend like for example like if now covid-19 corona is the current trend people just create rumors out of it and just mm. share information on that so it's with i i i feel like it's these three categories that are most concerning for me and hmm. ultimately they lead up on to political rumors or you you see like it comes around very often like some celebrities dead just because of rumors and the celebrity has to come out and tell no he's alive it happens all over the world <laughs> and yeah. so all these things are going to happen so we have to be a lot more careful personally before we share information it's my view hmm. what about you sai So um first off I want to say that I'm not on social media because it's honestly overwhelming. Oh yes. During these trying times and I'd rather keep my uh sanity than lose my mind over all of these things that get circulated be it drink hot water with turmeric or you know all kind of BS. <laughs> so um so I am limiting my reachability uh because there is no control over it there is no control over your privacy it's a joke really um it's ethically wrong right yes it's it exists people are um having a field day with your privacy and you cannot deny it you have no control over it it's just sad but um what i'd like to talk about is media not social media just media and how uh misinformation is going a long way uh, especially during uh this time um i want to talk about how media portrayed um covid as a flu uh here mm-hmm. uh, in the united states and people just dismissed it like it was nothing and it's going to be done with tomorrow and how um the governor of new york also denied it and we all know uh, what state uh, new york is in right now um so uh 
Fox News, CNN, BBC, everybody denied it. They just called it the flu and Cuomo called it the flu as well. Um, and, you know, because we are from another nation, we obviously have more uh, hold over the information we gather and we try and gather information from different sources. Um, it's obviously different for people from the same country and from people and, and for people from another country, right? So, yeah, uh, when media itself is so uninformed and they don't have their fact checks and they broadcast uh, things that celebrities say and what reporters think is right and they have uh, the capacity to broadcast their personal opinions. And, yeah, I want to first start off with that. That bothers me big time. That is not okay. Yeah, media mainstream is media not is also a, mainstream media is also a big source of concern with information. Exactly. Measure. Yes, it should yeah. not be a podium to broadcast your personal opinions. Period. It is supposed mm-hmm. to be based on findings, facts, and new discoveries. None of this mm-hmm. political games and none of this. I personally think no. You are a reporter. Mm-hmm. I mean, go with what your designation says. Media today is filled with personal opinions, celebrity gossips, what celebrities are doing. I'm not even on social media and I get so many uh, uh, articles about what celebrities are doing during their quarantine times. I mean, come on. Okay, so yes, I think I'm in agreement with that. And I feel like one of the biggest contributing factors to that, again, is... um, the revenue model for these companies. So I think like before the internet age, uh, you had to pay for the news. So you had to pay to buy a newspaper subscription and you had it physically delivered. So it it was a straightforward transaction, right? So um, the mainstream media would uh, have its journalists and you had a straightforward transaction between their journalistic efforts and uh, what you paid uh, to buy that newspaper. But right now, nobody really buys newspapers. Like most of the the news that we consume is in the form of links on uh, your social media page or your uh, Google feed, or it's, it's all on the internet. So really the income is only percent if, uh, if, if the company gets clicks, right? So, uh, they need uh, there's there's a lot of sensationalization of news going on there's a lot of clickbaiting going on there's uh, people just want you to get get to click on uh, on their content which is kind of a bad direction for uh, good faith uh, reporting because sometimes uh, news is boring right so uh, and there's no there's nothing surprising about uh, uh, saying certain bland facts Uh, and this is a problem because if you say facts as is that might not get as many clicks as uh, sensationalization so mm, there really is a problem with the revenue system uh, uh, for for news media and i think that has to change i don't know how uh, that's going to change maybe they can go towards a more subscription models like uh, like uh, a few of the bigger bigger companies but i think a large majority of companies 
or uh, still have uh, this click-based model based on ads, which I feel is a bad way for uh, news to be conveyed. Yep, I think that uh, things that are um, um, uh, things that are spicy sell, and that's yeah. what they want to do. They there is no fact check whatsoever. There is no concept of that. People who get to it first, people who um, create the news first, people who um, just spin up a new gossip each day or you know pit politicians against each other come up with this conspiracy that doesn't exist all of that um i mean let me just ask you this so every time you uh pick up a propaganda or a conspiracy do you or don't you uh think about the authenticity of it probably mm-hmm. the uh the the questioning of is this authentic when uh, out of the window about 50 years ago when my parents were kids and, you know, all of them were just black and white. Right now, everything you see anywhere is questioned and there is no way of knowing if it's true in any way because yeah. the source is so flawed and it's um, it's not clear. You cannot see through any anything these days. It's uh, yeah. it's really tiring to know, and 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 uh, and it's sad because um, we are supposed to be doing better because we are supposed to have that kind of hold over how informed we can be because people are more educated now and people have more accessibility now. So it's just um, um, all the loopholes are being overly exposed, and all the real content is just uh, down the drain. Hmm. I think sharing information or views personally, I feel it's a very good thing. Like, uh, it it helps you have good conversations. It helps you learn things. Uh, if it's done in a correct way and if it's received in a correct way, it's a two-way process. Hmm. But if there is a mistake in either end, it's going to ultimately uh tighten things up and it's going to be very bad. Like, uh, that's going to be uh, that's when uh. I feel like if you share the information incorrectly, it will be received bad. And at the mm-hmm. same way, if you are going to share an opinion, which you might differ from the general public, it might be received bad and it might trigger uh, uh, unwanted problems, like unwanted problems arise. So it's very important. Uh, I feel how I, how I want to see situations is like social platforms analyzing the uh weight of the information that's being shared like if it's on a very sensitive issue and mm-hmm. if they know if it's going to be shared and it's going to cause a ripple across the globe it's better avoid we have to avoid it and make sure uh the situation doesn't occur and in mm-hmm. those cases i'm completely fine but if it's going to be between normal people i think there's no big issue uh, they'll mostly sort it out or it will most be on a personal level, even though it's bad, but it's not going to affect a lot more people. But if it's going mm-hmm. to be on a global level or a national level or even a state level, I think these social media platforms have to analyze the person who is sharing, what is his reach, mm-hmm. and wh- how sensitive is the information, what's what's going to be the outcome of that, and then make sure uh, they don't allow it. But whereas in mainstream media, there is sensor options. They have a loss and you can be uh, sued of if you share misinformation on mainstream media at least there are certain laws 
but i don't know hmm. those laws exist for social medias yet or even if they exist i don't know how strong it is hmm. so we have to be a lot more careful on the social media part what information we share and how we share hmm okay so i think hemant already made his uh, view on this clear but i want to get size input on this so uh, hemant uh, seemed to say that uh, for people with uh, large influence it's completely okay for uh, at least the social media platforms to censor them if they think that they're sharing uh, misinformation uh do you agree with that sai or do you think it has to happen uh in a different way so again i think there's two ways of looking at this it's either the people in with influence they have to be censored or people uh, who follow these people have to call them out on their bullshit so which do you think is the better approach to take so here's what i think um i think that social media is opinions and whatever chitter chat jibber jabber whatever um and people have to take it in that sense and media is supposed to be information which is how many of laws you have on them it's not restricting them of any of the gossip they spread or the the misinformation that they report no none, none of that is happening and it's full of bias opinions and stuff so i want to make my point clear about media being information which needs mm. to change there is no second guessing or second thought to it however social media is is a platform to exchange your ideas and opinions however educated or uneducated you are on the matter or otherwise so i can just take a hit on some sports personnel and like you guys know i don't have a lot of knowledge on sports that then again it's my opinion like i said in the beginning of this podcast that sports is a waste of hours and time and money and uh, when you and a lot it's it's a lot of waste according to me which you guys clearly do not agree on and i should be able which is factually to... wrong so you should be censored <laughs> according to yourself no 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 so so like i said uh, i don't want to take attacks right now on that matter probably another podcast but so um when i say that that's my opinion and i am not reporting this as a reporter that's that the reason why i took this <laughs> okay, I get, kind of I, sensitive yeah i get uh, what you're saying topic mm-hmm. is because i just want to pour out my opinions on social media people might be in support of it and some people might think that it's factually wrong and might be against it yes it's going to have many faces to it but i f- i want the people who receive it who read it to be at a point where they are uh, informed enough to make their own decision i'm going to give another example uh, there was this um, actress in india who wanted to talk to dr tedros about uh, mental health and covid and people slammed it and said we do not want anything from him or any information from him who said um covid does not uh, spread through human contact which is utterly false so people are thankfully so informed now that they can call a bluff when they see a bluff so i, mm. I that makes me immensely proud um and because the idea of setting up social media is to exchange views is to get in touch with people is to show your personality however 
<laughs> however misinformed you are it is that that is why people are there you cannot expect mm. social media to be a platform for information that is on you you are you have to take responsibility you mm. cannot just sit down and say that i do not want any of my messages being read no it's it's uh, an idealistic world it does not exist you are to take responsibility for that so even if it requires you to leave social media which i did i think that's that's a responsibility i took because i don't want to be uh, all um, you know cloudy in my head about these kind of misinformation and then because i stay away from home i don't want to be uh, swayed by this kind of negative comments or negative um, information that are not even true so mm-hmm. I, i i think it's on you if you want to be in that uh, mush and be all looped in on what each celebrity you like or do not like things and you make your decisions based on that i think it's um i think that's just, that's that's just you okay yeah. i'm going to use the i'm going to use uh, your favorite arguments against argument against me right back on you i don't think that uh, what you describe is reality right now so there's still a lot of people who would blindly follow uh what people in authority and people who 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 they follow will will say this can include uh what politicians say what actors say what uh, spiritual leaders say uh there's there's just too many people or at least a fair number of people who will take their word on it and to say that we are already in a place where uh, uh people are able to call everyone's misinformation out is simply not true i feel um but i have to agree with you on on the basis of the argument though i do feel like that is the kind of society that we should move towards we 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 have to have educated people who who are able to uh, see the difference between an opinion and a fact like you said social media has to be taken with an with a grain of salt because it is people experiencing uh, i mean uh, expressing their opinions and a lot of times it's not factually accurate so i agree that that's the direction that we want to take because i really feel like any kind of uh, hit on free speech is bad like not allowing people to talk or censoring what they say is i think ideologically a bad way to go because you then uh, you're basically hindering people with from having conversations um exactly. so i i don't want things to go in that direction too much but no uh, that's uh, can I interrupt like yeah yeah go ahead so i i meant seeing how sensitive the issue is like mm-hmm. if you see a religious leader uh spreading some false information and he is like uh, emotionally attacking people or persuading people to do some uh, stupid things the outcome mm-hmm. is going to affect a lot of people so mm-hmm. if you are in a place where you can suppress that information and make sure such outcomes don't occur i think social pl- media platforms can interfere like if the outcome is yeah i Uh, a very big like a uh, massacre or, or it's going to be death it's going to mm-hmm. result in some death something like that i think uh social media platforms can interfere and 
they can make sure mm. such things don't happen mm. that, that yeah uh, that um that has such a big impact yeah sure but um i mean that that kind of control still exists um i'm honestly not, not that um educated on the topic sorry about uh, if you want to plan a bomb and you can discuss it on whatsapp i'm not sure if that really happens uh because all of us have heard rumors about our messaging tabbed our calls being tabbed the government and sensitive content being picked up on and you know they're alerted with so i'm not sure i'm not completely sure about how this works but um taking away a person's freedom however foolish she might be no it's freedom at the end of the day and mm. you are responsible to take it or leave it uh no matter how influential they are i agree completely that we are we do not uh, exist we do not, we are not in that kind of world right now education is key that is the only way to escape this or escape any other mm. kind of uh, nonsense so yeah uh, i think that uh, censorship is again depriving a person of his freedom just because he's stupid it, that's not right uh, mm-hmm. what's right is you being responsible for where you get your source of information from mm. yeah that's true yeah. searching for the right we information should, is very important yeah we should go towards that but uh, i i i do have uh, sympathy for what uh, hemant is saying there because Yeah, sometimes it's just out of control like people say a lot of stupid things and sometimes it's just easier that way I guess but and yeah I have been noticing that I think I saw a post on Facebook that was flagged for having inaccurate content so I think the social media platforms are already doing that so yeah, yeah let's see Yeah and you can also report I'm sorry the last time I checked uh, on Instagram or Facebook you can report too uh, Yeah you can report oh, yeah. yeah you can report that yep. this is not genuine and you know um I'm I'm not sure what happens after but the content take is taken off from your uh, news feeds So mm. uh, that is good um but uh yeah there is i i don't think you can really contain discussion and ideas and hmm. uh for something that's stupid for you might be a revolutionary idea for somebody else yeah yeah so exactly. it's all perspective yeah um uh, okay i want to say get your opinion on how uh life has been without social media are you uh, feeling more liberated is it better it, would you uh, suggest other people do it or what 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 has been your experience so far I actually do it time and again. Uh I really mm-hmm. enjoy doing it. I find it really hard the first couple of weeks and I was actually not on uh the only app that uh, connects with uh connects me with my fam my family as well uh for a few days and I do not regret it each time I do it. I feel like it's a cleanse and uh takes a lot of uh weight off of my chest i do not like being on the phone all the time uh mm-hmm. when you get used to that kind of lifestyle um i i must say it's really calming and it's healthy uh mm-hmm. especially for people that are uh in the us uh, let me just talk about the group we have here uh we are constantly trying to be in touch with friends back home and their times once are not same and that makes us always be 
to the, our uh, computers or phones and uh, obviously we don't just are in touch with them we are always in touch with these social media's gossips and irrelevant mm. posts i feel like we can put our time into much better use and when we are mm. taking our eyes off of our phones uh, in in this kind of um, um, you know uh, not in a uh, derogatory way we can use mm. it for reading and calming our minds and i feel that mental health really trumps everything else especially during these times keeping calm being in touch and actually informing people our people with adequate information and not being exposed to this kind of panic and you know educating them with the relentless mm-hmm. gossips i feel it's really healthy to take your mind off of that i think i'm in agreement with that um yeah especially for me i found out like uh, from the from the mental health standpoint um i do feel like uh, i have had to change a cert- certain behaviors about myself um especially relating uh, relating to social media um both android and ios have uh, time limiting features uh, baked into them that i use daily now so uh, i i kind of uh, impose restrictions on myself but i also find that the time of day is really important for me so if i see something on twitter that pisses me off right before i sleep that's like uh, two more hours of uh, anxiety for me it's like uh, i'm stressed out about it i'm it's it's always on the back of my mind and yeah i've 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 found social media to be a generally negative experience too true too but um i don't know if uh, i don't know maybe i should also uh, take a break from it but i feel like it's the only source of information for me right now and uh, uh i feel like uh, i don't know what i would do where, where else i would get my information from if it's not from twitter which is uh, kind of a bad place to be in uh i want to get hayman's opinion on this and i also kind of feel if he if he's going to say something negative i i think uh, i'm i'm also going to be partially responsible for this because i was the one who got him on instagram uh, so so i'm hoping it's going to be positive now no like personally i don't uh, like to share my opinions on social media but mm-hmm. uh, uh i feel you can limit your uh, privacy level in social media you can you have the option to choose what you want so personally i have been doing that off late uh, if uh, there are certain pages that uh, doesn't uh, uh, be in the same wavelength with my ideas politically or even a personal level i just unfollow them or block them so i make sure i follow what i want and uh, i feel it's very tough to live without social media if you are alone if you are living in a group i think it's uh, i can be without my phone even for a month if i'm with a group of people but uh, if i am staying alone i don't think uh, there's no other uh, gateway like even mm-hmm. even uh, youtube is social media so even if you're going to search something it's well, youtube is also so like i don't yeah this comments uh, there right yeah uh, so i can't see myself without social media as long as i'm staying alone but mm-hmm. if you're in a group i think i think it's very easy if you're in a group you can definitely 
try whatever size trying or limit yourself but mm. uh, even if you're alone i think you can personalize your choices like pages which you're following the contents you want to follow you can make mm. sure like you don't uh, follow what pieces you are for what makes you think bad hmm. just identify and this one follow uh, uh this kind of brought me up uh, like reminded me of something that i wanted to bring up uh, and uh, i was listening to a podcast uh, i mean i was listening to a few podcasts from the ceo of twitter and he openly acknowledges uh, that he has his his platform has uh, created what he calls uh, thought bubbles which is basically people uh, who have the same ideologies following people who have the same ideologies so it's basically what uh, hemant you just uh, described so uh, for example if i'm uh, left leaning if, if i'm liberal and uh, i i choose to follow only people from that side i end up living in this bubble where everything that uh, that i follow is is basically things that i agree with that might be completely wrong um and the similar goes for the for the right as well so uh so you have this for example you have a circle uh, around Donald Trump basically and they don't follow any other uh you know uh, sources from the other side of the aisle so they basically get all their information from this from this one person's viewpoint and a lot of this information might be false uh, and the same can be said about uh, the left as well so i think social media is creating these bubbles within uh, like where people are forming almost a mob culture yeah, where they that's, that's true yeah, but go ahead. I, uh, i also feel uh, there are also a lot of people who are in between like who are like black and white if they mm-hmm. say if, if they feel in certain issues this certain group is wrong they point them out and in, in certain issues if they feel other group is wrong they point them out it's also necessary to identify those rational groups and follow them so that you mm. are aware of the different point of view but i will try to avoid the extremes in either cases mm. like ex- extremes are very bad like they might actually put you in a bubble and make sure like uh, you don't come out of it so it's imp- mm. important to identify rational people and follow them if you need an opinion from outside so i was actually waiting my turn for this uh first thing is that uh it's not hard if you're alone or if you're with people it's actually hard when you're not with uh family i mean uh for for different people different kind of uh factors play different kind of roles in their lives and for me it was the easiest when i did this uh cleanse uh in double inverted commas i always uh, was around with family and it was effortless i did not feel a thing um unlike now it's it's an effort uh i force myself initially and then it becomes more organic and then i get used to it uh, mm-hmm. but i do make it a point to uh, do that so uh just a uh, uh, tip i guess the second point mm-hmm. i wanted to tell uh, talk about is that when heman said that he unfollows a few things that trigger him and just continues following things that he likes likes more isn't that putting you in a bubble by default and that's why i think he clarified by saying that uh, 
there are certain pages that talk on both sides of the aisle and it's it's important to not uh, get stuck in the bubbles of the extreme sides so yeah but i think, I that, think that the way uh, the, the the way social media is designed is that it pushes things that you that you have already been following mm. so that yeah. you get more clicks whatever it is so uh, i think that it's it's pretty flawed when you say that um, i when i don't stick to something that triggers me that when when it's a platform for uh, opinions and if you really don't want to be biased follow both the pages and follow both the sites and actually hear things out right and mm-hmm. the aftermath of it is obviously getting triggered and lacking the two extra hours of sleep that you could have had without social media but <laughs> um yeah uh, i feel that either uh, i i mean i'm not i'm not trying to uh, pose that whatever i am doing is the best way to cleanse or whatever but i couldn't really find that balance and i completely agree with what i i felt what rishi spoke about about lacking sleep about overthinking all of that happens and just take your mind off of something tr- that triggered you or something that you're anxious about you tend to watch something that's utterly unnecessary in the middle of the night and that postpones your sleep and um you know yeah there, there are it's a it's a domino so um i feel that when you cannot handle it probably just taking a step back from all of it is the best way out that's that's what mm. i have identified mm. yeah okay i also agree on your point okay um uh, before this turns into another hour long podcast that my <laughs> listeners are going to complain about uh, i want to kind of start wrapping things up uh the last thing that i want to bring up and it's completely different from everything that we've talked but uh, i hope it will uh, we can end this in a more positive note um something that um that uh, started off with uh, or or i think is an important contribution that hemant made for me in my life uh, personally would be he got me into working out and uh, staying fit so uh, i i kind of want to touch on that uh, i want to talk about especially during this period where uh, we're all stuck at home and there's uh, really no uh, motivation to uh, Uh, do get anything done basically because we're all at home uh, what do you think is a good way to stay motivated to stay fit and uh, historically what has been your motivations to stay fit sai do you want to go first <laughs> not really no uh, because i'm probably like a bad example i was motivated i was extremely motivated a few months ago and then i and rishi knows this very well i never missed a day in the gym and right now uh, well okay let me just go first so uh, uh for me um gym was a place where i could um uh relieve myself of the uh work stress the the other personal things that i was going through and the same things motivated to uh, motivated me to keep going and i took a vacation and then things turned and then i have never been able to be as focused and as uh diligent as i was 
at a point mm-hmm. uh, that is frustrating for me because um, i have health conditions that really would go away if i stayed uh, focused and if i stayed in the gym for at least 30 minutes but i am not able to come around um and quarantine has not been of a lot of help because i still work i mean i still go to my workplace and work and uh not being able to go to the gym um is really not helping me hmm. maybe hemant has a few points that's going to get you motivated say si. yeah i really hope at the end of this i have some uh, good points from hemant yeah i personally think uh working out or doing any physical activities uh is very necessary and uh, it really helps people to perform well in whatever they are trying to do it does really help me mm-hmm. so i i personally recommend it to whomever i meet with all our friends or family mm-hmm. but it's also a, a very personal choice like uh, you have to feel personally to look good or work out or stay healthy uh so we cannot push that opinion on someone and secondly it, it also depends on uh getting used to that as a habit so once you are continuing it for a long time you 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 no longer can uh be without doing any physical activity like that that makes a key part in your day you so yeah personally we i feel we all have to reach that stage so that we never miss that as a habit but in this quarantine uh with lot of mental stress on people uh all over the world i don't know whether it's very easy for them to get motivated to work out every day or stay fit but uh if uh, if you see a uh, a uh, general uh people who have uh like they have mon- enough money they don't need to worry about where their next diet is going to come from i think they can definitely concentrate on their personal health a lot more and start mm-hmm. doing whatever whatever they like the, the now there's a whole variety of fitness available there's no like particular thing they have to follow there's all different kinds of yoga different types of gym different types of physical activities all over the mm-hmm. world so you can you have a wide variety like dance yoga there's something called dance yoga so <laughs> uh, if you if you really like whatever you want you can choose that and try to be healthy Healthy, being healthy is the most important thing and then comes fitness looks physique and all those things mm-hmm. just being physically active and being healthy is very important and i personally i i recommend it to people and i uh, i'm sorry i just jumped on this but uh, my uh, personal uh, struggle has been with motivation and um i am not able to get around that uh, because if i am motivated enough say uh just for looks or just to get things off of my head whatever the reason maybe um i just uh i think the uh, quarantine um without giving a lot of reasons uh, i wasn't working out even before the quarantine started i'm not really quarantined right now but yeah uh even when the gym was very much available i struggled with being motivated because of the things that happen in uh at work or in my personal life so these things really affect your motivation and the uh for me the question has always been why why do i have to do it it's mm. it's so easy to be demotivated and just um you know 
uh, not do anything about it because like i said uh, it's real uh, if i work out i am definitely going to have uh, better health than i already do uh, because i told you that my health condition is in a way where it influences directly um, it's not about my weight my looks or any mental health or any other thing as well so yeah uh, motivation mm-hmm. is everything i guess okay uh, let me see if i can motivate you so <laughs> i for me personally um uh, i know it's going to sh- sound really shallow but uh, my i would definitely say the 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 primary motivation for me is to look better um and i remember him and saying this to me but uh after that first compliment that you get there's uh, there's ne- really no feeling like it so the first time you hear someone come up to you and ask hey do you work out uh, i think that's uh, that's for me at least it was a huge positive uh, reinforcement uh, to keep going and the more you start hearing that uh, the uh, the more you want to keep going and the biggest problem with this is uh, you don't see those physical changes in your body uh, at least for the first 5 or 6 months uh, the, the of working out so uh that really for me was the biggest challenge and uh, one thing that helped me a lot was i had company uh so after after that point uh, after the point that I was able to see changes uh, in the way I looked and uh, people were able to uh, people started complimenting on uh, on the the way I looked uh, I really have not uh, had a lack of motivation um another aspect that uh, also that I feel gym has really improved for me is the is the amount of energy that I have especially at at work uh, I feel like uh after i started working out uh i started getting uh, i started becoming much better at at work also i felt like i was uh, i had more energy i was more uh, uh willing to do things i guess and uh, one of the important aspects really with uh, working out is discipline in the sense that you have to you force yourself to stick to that routine and that translated really well into my work life like uh uh the same principles of uh, being disciplined at what you do and sticking to a healthy diet and all that uh, i i felt like it translated really well into my, into the life outside of the gym so looking back on I think it's been a year and a half that uh, I've been regularly hitting the gym. Uh, I feel like it's been a huge positive. Uh maybe I I would go as far as saying the biggest positive uh, in the last 2 years for me has definitely been uh, going to the gym. So yeah, I would I would recommend it to anyone without uh, without thinking. Uh it's all about getting over that first 6 months I feel. and after that like haven said if it's a if it's a habit uh, you you're almost addicted to it and you don't want to stop um and after that it's 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 really natural okay uh well um 
as you know i was i mean i i was pretty like regular and um i i uh, enjoyed all the benefits that i got after i um, hit the gym i my like i told you uh, my energy my health uh, health as in i my asthma got better my acidity was gone um, mm. i could control my hunger for hours and i did not have i had so much energy I, it was effortless i lost a bunch of weight i looked great everything happened i have uh, been through this wonderful phase but it's just that um i have not and and you guys know this uh, i am pretty regular once i get in to it uh, however bad the rest of the things are i do not just um you know give it up it's just that uh yeah and and also the the compliments they pour in it's amazing yes uh that all of that is great but it's just that um i think uh, like you said just making your mind up uh brutally uh come what may i'm going to not skip a day's gym for the next 6 months probably that mm. is what is required uh and yeah the mm. discipline yeah that goes a long way uh you don't need all the hours of sleep you just need a few hours and you're so regenerated and yeah i i know all of this but yeah probably the key is that just blindly believing that 6 months into this and i'm not going to uh give it up for whatever reason however busy i am whatever uh, things fall apart in your life you have to mm. do it you have to be committed and then it becomes a discipline yeah so, or you can try the things that you like exactly yeah. i i feel it's really important to not be miserable when you're doing gym <laughs> or dieting mm-hmm. i think you need to enjoy it if for example you like swimming you can just go swimming like you don't need to do gym exercises mm. or do exactly Yeah like I said uh, like. the the part of the problem is that me not being motivated enough and the the other part is quarantine is not really helping because uh, <laughs> gyms pools uh, even running tracks like people are not really okay with you running around and uh, <laughs> yeah so that's yeah, part of quarantine I think yeah uh, you yeah. have to limit it it's a, so. it's, a, it's a bit of a challenge okay uh, I think it's uh, uh, we should wrap this up do you guys have uh, anything on your mind that you guys want to bring up before we close anything that you've been thinking about that you want to uh, uh disclose or something oh i, I feel it a uh, very good experience for me first time i try to be as okay. professional as possible <laughs> so <laughs> next time uh, we should do a lot more topics like this in future okay yeah hoping to hi- have you guys on back very soon thank you for being on All yeah. right, thank you. Mm-hmm.